the podcast that transcends time. We're back for season four. How are you doing? Doing all right. Trying to catch up with all the things that have just come out. Fair enough. That voice you just heard, that's Julia from New York. I'm Kaylee from London. We are Remote Watch. We watch things and record remotely. And we watch things. So remote watch. Yes, we're, we are clever. I swear to you, we are. So stick around to see hear just how clever we are for the rest of this episode. Um, and if you haven't heard us before, I mean, this is season four. Please, after you hear this one, go back and listen to all the amazing, clever things we have said in the past three seasons. Um, it has been three seasons and two years. And we're now finally doing this episode. How are you feeling about it? I am so hyped to do this episode. This this episode in particular, it's a long time coming, baby. <laughs> Shall we tell them what episode it is? They've read the title. They know. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So one thing to know about Remote Watch is that we are recording on different times from each other. So I am in morning shift at this point, um, which means I did not realize that by the time this episode releases, I will have written the title and description. But, you know, in case you like click on things without reading what they are, which, you know, brave on you. This is the episode where we talk about Twilight. So, as you see, Twilight, um, what do you, like, where do you even, even start with this? Um, I mean, we, the funny thing is, we've already done that Doctor Who episode, and Twilight has also for, formulated my childhood. Remember, watch, it's the talk about your childhood shows and how they influenced your adult life, starting with Doctor Who, and now with Twilight. Um, so, yeah. Tell me about your Twilight story. Okay, this is going to be a little long-winded, a little not. So I'm going to try to like short it as best I can. So, you know, my mom is a big reader. Um, She works for the library. So she's constantly reading. And so when Twilight was coming out, like there was a movie poster at the movie theater, obviously. And I forgot what movie we were going to watch. Um, But the poster was up there. And my mom was like, I want to watch that. Like I've read the book. And I was like, okay, I'll go see it. And then I decided to read the book before watching the movie. And I got hooked because it just like romance really got me. Meanwhile, I was 10 years old. I thought I was such like a a great reader for reading like 300, 400 page books at 10 years old. At the time we went to go see the movie, my dad was like, I'm going to go with you guys because it's a vampire movie, right? And I'm like, dad, you don't want to watch this movie. You don't want to see this. He goes, oh, no, 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 it'll be good. It's a vampire movie. And so we go to watch it. And he is like freaked the hell out by all the sparkling and the romance and the drama. And he was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, Because he assumed Twilight was going to be like Underworld, which I don't know what in the cover gave him the sense that it would be Underworld. I don't even think he went out to go find the trailer for it, which I think was his problem. But I became the massive Twilighter. I was Team Edward because I was faithful to the first guy who showed up. This is probably why I came up with the the love triangle rule. (laughs) Kaylee's nodding at me. No. <laughs> yep. So for those of you new at Remote Watch, we've talked about the rule where if there is a love triangle, the guy who shows up first always wins. Um, this is for most um, most things you see in movies, TV, books, musicals, uh, every, any sort of like entertainment genre you can think of. If 
they decide to do a love triangle, like maybe like four times out of five, they always end up with the first guy because, oh, you know, their love transcends and shit like that. But I, I mean, it's a trope, but I'm not 100% sold by it, but I am aware of its existence. Thanks to Julia. <laughs> yeah, because I, I strictly believed that like Edward had to win. <laughs> it's just and I, it's I, just principle by that point he just had to <laughs> well i got more fed up with the fact that there were four books and you spend so much time getting to know edward that he just disappears in the second one to get to know the second guy in the love triangle and i'm like i don't care okay uh <laughs> so i am on team always i'm always on the team second guy this is the same with to all the boys I was Team John Ambrose. I was Team Jacob as well. Team Jacob was literally the the like the spawn of me always liking the guy who comes second because he's always better. He always treats her better. But the thing is, she will never pick him, despite the fact that he treats her better. I will say Jacob is written really weirdly because he treats her nice in New Moon and he's like this whiny piece of shit in uh, Eclipse. But we're getting ahead yeah, of ourselves. They're both written really weirdly, so I feel like that's not a good example. <laughs> but like there everything here is written weirdly correct it, it's not written consistently i think that's what my point is but again we're getting ahead of ourselves so yes your twilight story where you fell in love with edward who's your first guy oh yeah yeah okay so it expands and it's part of the reason why i'm sitting here today um basically in so I was 10 years old fifth grade we had a, a, a project that was like imagine in your life in 20 years i was like all right i'm gonna do this and so i did a day in my life where i was married to edward cullen as an actress on doctor who um and basically i just told the love story because i was like in my future i just want to be loved um and i don't know how sad that is but basically my teacher she read it and she was like this is good like i'm gonna give you a free homework pass and i was like i can get things for writing <laughs> so I then ended up started writing fanfic, but this is like veered more towards Doctor Who fanfic. So I was like, let me go back to something I know. Um, and then basically I had this thought in my head that I was going to be rich and famous because I was going to write a book like Stephanie Meyer and turn it into movies and make bank. Um, and clearly nobody makes bank these days from writing. I don't know anyone who does, honestly. Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> well she keeps turning out the same thing over and over again her and jk rowling they need to stop speaking of writers need more money we support the writer's strike support all the writers yes yes this is that that kind of feels like a low blow what i just said but this is true that the, the writers are fighting for their their money their pay kind of like their consistency with their work it's honestly quite frustrating seeing all sides of anybody who does any writing um because we get to be treated like you know quote-unquote content creators who just need to kind of churn out things very quickly and for low pay and that's not fair um so everyone go support you know the the writer's strike you'll see them all posted about wga and it's literally all over twitter so support them because their signs are great um, like, yes when you put writers on strike like come on they're gonna give you the sassiest things they can think of so, Kaylee, what's your Twilight journey? You just said you 
you were team Jacob, but like, how did you end up encountering the series? Why did you care? Why did I care? Uh, I was a teenage girl in 2011. That's why I cared. Wait, 2011? You were late. Dude, I started it late because I don't know if it's because like pop culture takes two more seconds to reach Malaysia. So or like because I was a lot younger when it came out. So it came out in 2008. I was nine in 2008. And my parents weren't like necessarily do what you like. You know, I watched what they like until I turned like 10, 11. And that was when I picked up Twilight from the bookstore. And and I was like, oh, okay, I can read, quote unquote, adult, more adult books now, because like the stuff that I used to read, you know, Geronimo Stilton, uh, those like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, stuff that were like published for like kids. But I think after I finished primary school, that was when like my parents were like, you know what? I think you can kind of decide what you want to read. First thing I pick up, Twilight. And um, also what inspired me to love like storytelling and writing and like this profession that I'm trying to pursue. So um, there's a lot of that. And I became known as the girl who wouldn't shut up about Twilight in school. It was like, it was generally awful. Like I was just like, cause I'm still this way now, but like, if I like something, I tell people about it and I won't shut up about that. But like from that age, I was like that. So I would be that person that's just telling everyone you should watch Twilight. You should check it out. Even to guys who think like, ew, Twilight's for girls. I'm like, I don't care. It's for girls. Just go watch it. And then I was team, very much Team Jacob because it's like, you know, it's like ugh, everyone's Team Edward. So I'm going to be Team Jacob. You only had the same thought, but just in the opposite sense. I know. I, I know. So yeah, very much Team Jacob and also Taylor Lautner when you're like 11. Like, come on. The first like movie I went to see in cinemas and um, by myself without parental supervision was Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. Something that the world might not know about Malaysian censorship report is that a lot gets cut out, such as the very graphic birth scene of Breaking Dawn Part 1, which I barely saw any of it. I just knew that it was bloody and I didn't see anything. And Breaking Part in Part 2, I didn't even know that Carlisle got beheaded because <laughs> Malaysian censorship report is so crazy. I Well, I remember for anybody who, you know, was growing up from like the late 2000s to early 2010s they know that breaking dawn part two was the avengers endgame before avengers endgame was even thought of and i remember being in the theater and i remember i read the book i faithfully read that book i remember that thing word for word actually i think i remember the first movie word for word but you know how I, uh, what i mean um in that I remember, okay, this is going to like, they're just going to have a talk and this is what's going to happen and all that. And then Carlisle gets beheaded and I was like, yo, what is this? This is not the same movie I signed up for. And I couldn't decide because all the movies had been so faithful to the books that like, if this was good or bad or not. And at the time I kind of settled on like, I don't know if I wanted this or not. And now I'm like, this is exactly what I needed in my life. <laughs> Who'd you watch it with? Uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Do you remember? Probably some friends, maybe some friends or my mom. Because I have like a very vivid memory, which I don't know if says a lot about my life or not that this is something I remember so clearly about my life. But um, as the scene of like they're starting to fight and like every all the actions happening, I was watching it with like some primary school friends. They turn and ask me because I'm the only person that and I'm like the Twilight girl, obviously. So uh, they turn to me and they're like, does this happen in the books? So then I'm just like horror stricken in front of the screen. I'm like, no, this does not happen. <laughs> you know, it turns out to be a dream. None of it was real. And I'm just like, 
okay because i was like full-on like crying a little bit and then like okay nothing's actually happened but this is how you keep an audience engaged not that twilight needs like help to do that but like because like we can't look away that's how good it is can we also go into the fact that we were all so entranced and this was like the worst writing ever there is like like some sort of mastery how you can't look away from it because you know it's bad. You know you're eating junk food, but you want more of it. You know what I mean? Okay, that's fair. And I should also add, my dad did not help with all this because he had like, I had given him Eclipse thinking it would convince him that it was the best thing ever. I was 10, 11, let me be. But basically, um, he had basically said like, oh, her writing is terrible. And if her writing is so bad, that means you can make it too. Oh my God. Well, to mean that like, to mean that I would do it better. But like at the time, Stephanie Meyer was my muse. So I was like, what was I supposed to do? In this conversation, we still treat teenage girls the same way in the sense that everything that they like, everyone craps on it. But in... When you look back at it, it's actually not like the biggest thing to get mad over because like, do you remember how the world was just like, oh my God, teenage girls are so into Twilight. Teenage girls are so into One Direction. Teenage girls are so into um, like that sort of thing. And it's just like, leave them be. It's not hurting anyone that they like Twilight, that they like One Direction. And like, yes, everyone will have their cringe phase. So this is their cringe phase. Let them be. They will grow out of it. Maybe we haven't grown out of it because we're still talking about it. No, 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 no. I have defense for that. Two things. Teenage girls are the smartest people on the planet because they shamelessly love what they love. It may be a flaming pile of shit, but they will defend it to the ends of the earth because that's what they love. One. Two, these are also the projects that probably make the most money, that still live on today, that constantly get reboots. People are asking today if One Direction is going to reunite. There was actually rumors about that. They were going to reunite a couple weeks ago. And then now we're getting a Twilight reboot. So I don't want to hear anything about like teenage girls, like the things they watch are crap. They are the smartest of them all because studios know that they will shamelessly love whatever they put yeah no i completely agree that is the reason why why a like i had a show note that says like oh uh are we getting a resurgence of like uh young adult adaptations because the reason why we're talking about twilight today is because there was an announcement a while back about how lionsgate's bringing twilight back for the silver screen we're getting a twilight tv show and we don't know what it's about but you know we're getting like so many spin-offs and reboots of things that teenage girls or at least like former teenage girls such as you and I like loved so much so like we got in a Hunger Games to off we're getting a Harry Potter reboot we're getting like a redo of like Percy Jackson and like so many of these things but and at the same time YA has also never left it's mm-hmm. like we've always been getting adaptations we had like to all the boys recently we had Heartstopper recently we had like um Exo Kitty's literally coming out like in a few weeks mm-hmm. so like you said Teenage girls have the most time of their hands anyway. Like, I wish I had the amount of time that I had as a teenage girl to, like, watch all the things, read all the things, consume everything. And, like, like, it's a nostalgia thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's that you get, you you miss being able to shamelessly absorb and love the things that you care about. Um, And I feel like as an adult, you're told not to care as much. 
or that you don't have enough time for that because you have to do adult things. And it's like, I want to be a child. I'm just a baby. Don't to be fair, you and I, like we've been making some adult money and every single adult money thing that we have spent money on is to heal our inner child, to buy like things that we wanted to buy as like teenage girls. Like you have Funko Pops. I have like a bunch of merch and like things that I'm like wearing to like pretend that I used to be like this character. Oh, 100%. I didn't start manga collecting until I got a salary. Like I, I wanted to spend my adult money on things that would bring me joy because adult life sucks. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, I guess, I guess speaking of work, like I'm, I'm going to kind of jump to this point in that, like I was having a like off day, wasn't feeling great. And I'm at my desk at work. It was one of those in office days. And then I see the tweet that a Twilight reboot is in the works and my whole mood changed. Like I was telling everybody, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Wow. And I think at some point, like I had even told my dad, and I don't know why my dad is like such in a relationship with the story. Cause it's like, my mom introduced me to Twilight, but it's like, he was like, it's probably going to be the worst thing ever. Like a lot of, a lot of people are saying like, it should be about Renesmee. And I'm like, no, I want the love triangle back. I want to feel the same sensation I felt when I was 10, 11, absorbing this dumb love story. Okay. Here's where I disagree because I'm in more of the boat that like, come on, we're having so much money being pumped into this industry already. And I want to see like new things. So like, the Harry Potter reboot, I just want to throw away, but for like a multitude of reasons. Um, the Hunger Games spinoff, I'm on board solely because it looks very different. And I, the thing is, I still haven't seen a Rachel Zegler performance because of all the things that keep happening to Rachel Zegler movies. <laughs> and like, um, I'm excited for that because it's different. Whereas like if we're doing like a reboot, we've already had a Robin Pants. We've had a Christian suit. Unless we get like those, the trio back and do the exact same thing, which I doubt we ever will. Those people have like distanced themselves far from the series in their careers at this point. But like if like the three of them come back and do the exact same shit together, I'm on board. But like, I'm, I'm like more eh about it. What I want, is like an Alice Cullen series or um like anyone in that universe because all the side characters do you remember how well developed those like how badly developed those side characters are but the backstory and lore that like the bits that you get they were so interesting and I'm like okay like yeah those people probably have like a more interesting story than just a love triangle I can't tell if a redemption for the series would probably be to do like a young Volturi thing in which, like, you'll see how they form and how they become as powerful as they are. Um, but then... Make it like a House of the Dragon style, like, yes. epic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not run by HBO, so we may be screwed. Oh, no, yeah. Well, Lion Gate, Lionsgate has some money. <laughs> Lionsgate is good at TikToks. They, their social media is top-notch. Like, I will say. Like, Lionsgate, please give your TikTok manager a raise because I have not been this engaged in, like, Lionsgate films since probably when Twilight dropped. 
I feel I would just be like, eh, we've done this before. Oh, unless we get like Catherine Cardwick to direct all of it, because the first Twilight is where all the cringe is. There is more cringe at like two, three, four, five, but like the cringe in one was great. And get Catherine Hardwick to do all the the cringe. Cringe in one was because she had no money. Like, you're right. Twilight 1 comparatively has like no money to the rest of it, but that's where the charm of it is. The certain like there is something about the very blue color grading and the <laughs> and the weird shots of like how the camera pans, especially when they're in the woods. Like, cause comparatively, the wood scene in New Moon when he's breaking up with her, where the camera is so steady, whereas Twilight One, where the camera is just like roaming about when he she's figuring out and telling him that you're a vampire. Do you know that is art and that is innovation? We need to give this new reboot not enough money so that we can have this sort of creativity. <laughs> To give this reboot not enough money. <laughs> Kaylee, you know they're going to pump millions into this reboot. You know the, st- the sparkles on these vampires are going to be like Swarovski crystals. Like, they're going to put so much money in this. We are not getting Catherine Hardwick levels of Twilight anymore. But I think that was also part of the reason why a lot of us were obsessed with it because it was like right at the time where tumblr had us in a chokehold so if you needed an aesthetic like blue light image of the forest you were gonna grab that straight from twilight and throw that onto your profile i don't know if we'll be able to get the same um it's like this twilight series now now the more that i think about how much money it'll have the more scared i'm gonna be because yeah it's the same thing it's the same conversation we had about Doctor Who because like, oh, now they have Disney money. What are they going to do? The best Doctor Who things that we've seen is because like we don't have enough money for the CG. So it's going to look bad. But because of that, we like invest so much more in the writing. Now, Twilight writing doesn't have much to invest in beforehand. <laughs> and so it's like, OK, we've already got like a very questionably good slash bad story like let's just talk about the story for a second let's just say maybe it's a good thing that the writer strike is happening like an extra good thing because then studios have the chance to really think about their decisions in terms of <laughs> i'm low-key like dreading but also kind of like excited to see what are the things that are going to come out and the writer like pre and post writer strike because like i there are so many like tv shows that i love that came out of the writer strike like so like the office was like cut short we we know like the sort of like the infamous oh certain characters were gonna get killed in this series but because the writer's strike happened they like became like one of the fan favorite characters of this tv show it's like a lot of things have happened because of writer's strike and so but for this i'm very questionable we don't even know what this reboot is about so i'm just like you know what lionsgate you do you i'm gonna be sad obvious we we as writers you and i we know objectively it's not good however we're still so engaged there's just something about it okay but this is before i had a creative writing degree so (laughs) at the time i thought it was the best thing ever um but now looking back at it, it's like, damn, I've read fanfic. That's way better than this. Oh no, that's how we feel about everything. But like, there's the thing about like, okay, you, we know it's not good, but 
sometimes, especially like in like, you know, this day and age where like sensationalization and like being able to capture attentions is like more important. And I find that Twilight was probably one of like the biggest things like objectively, if we're to like break it down into like its basis elements, we know Twilight sucks, but like something about it is just has been keeping everyone's attention for so long and it's been in the cultural zeitgeist for so long whether it's because of like teenage girls or like the way that we just don't let things go anymore or like um anything it's just for some reason twilight has been like culturally relevant even like the celebrities we still Mm -hmm. talk about robert pattinson to this day so there's just something about it and i'm not sure if this reboot's gonna have that apart from like what came before which you know is not enough to sustain what can go on do you know what i mean yeah i mean also during a time where when twilight came out was like i feel like rob and Kristen had a lot of their identities like suppressed um so we didn't actually get anything that was of substance from them besides what they were given on the script. So do you have a favorite scene from the show? From the, to- not show, you know, movies. Oh, d- 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 we talk so much TV. I feel like show is just so easy to come out. Um, um, oh man, there's too many. Like off the top <laughs> of your head, what's in your mind right now? Right now I'm thinking of spider monkey. <laughs> And I, I think I'm only thinking of it because um, I had never really thought to do a Twilight rewatch. And the only time I ever did it was when we lived together. Um, we borrowed Tom's TV and was all sitting on my bed. And it was like five of us. And we like Spider Monkey. And I got videos and the five of us are like, oh, Spider Monkey. Um, yeah, like I, I definitely, if they ever do those like Twilight showings here in New York, I will go. I will be in line. Oh, I am like sad. Like just like I, I think I sent you that TikTok. So they did like a five movie marathon in Australia, I think like somewhat sometime back, and everyone's just like reacting to the screen, saying the lines, and I'm just like, I wanna be there. I, I know the lines by heart. I can like join in on this fun. We have 10 minutes left, but I have still so much to talk about. So I'm sat as well. Like in a time where so many people have superhero slash Marvel fatigue, give us the Twilight rewatch. I don't need a reboot. I just need the rewatch. Just let me sit there for like 10 hours straight. I will bring my own snacks, my own pajamas, my own blanket. I don't care. Let me be there. And I want to experience it again with a group because I feel like I didn't get to do that the first time. I was very much like, I'm going to be by myself and I'm not going to join this fandom. And I guess I feel like that's a lot of my fandom experiences, but it's like, I want to do that now, now that I am also shamelessly able to accept that I like things that are bad. I don't care. (laughs) Fair. I mean, same. Cause like, I think you and I have like a very similar fandom experience in that, like we weren't like actively looking for other fans to engage what we love in and that like I wasn't active on Twitter I wasn't a stan account in Tumblr all I did was like I didn't engage in like meta discourse I was mostly a reblogger um but if like I would want to change that today like if Twilight is something that I'm still obsessed with and I want to engage in now I want to like meet other Twilight fans to touch at like shit and to talk about 
stupid lines. Like there's this one video I have with two of us, and this is like after the stu- like after effects of it. So basically, for some reason, we were jumping around New Moon because we didn't want to watch New Moon in its entirety. And like we jumped to the part where <laughs> um, it was like, um, so it's after Italy and we're back in Bella's room and then Edward's in there. <laughs> Edward tells Bella. It's like Charlie said, I couldn't come through the <laughs> I couldn't step foot through the door to your house anywhere. So I came through the window or something like to that effect. And then we were in hysterics for like five full minutes. And then we just played that scene again. Because not only is the line funny, but also it's a 17-year-old. Like, it's a 17-year-old body. Doesn't mean it's a 17-year-old mind. So why is this 100-year-old man being like, well, if I can't come in through the door, I'm going to come through the window. Um, <laughs> and I'm also laughing at the fact that, like, I would hear lines like that and be like, that's the most romantic thing ever. No matter what, he's going to want to try to see me. So that's one that I can come up with in my mind. Second. I'm just thinking of a lot of New Moon right now because that was the craziest rewatch that we both had because we were just like jumping to the parts that we want. And like it was the when um, Bella had like a paper cut and Jasper was just like feral. <laughs> we're all just laughing at the entire thing. I mean, New Moon's iconic in its own way. We've had there's a possibility and we've got Bella. Where the hell have you been, loca? <laughs> I think that's the first time, like really the first time that I've paid attention to New Moon because the first really? time I watched it, I did not care. I didn't. You so there's no Edward. Of, yeah, exactly. You're going to get rid of my Fuck favorite say. character. And then I'm going to sit here where the main character is super depressed for no reason. Half of the fun of the first one was gone. And now you got to me introduced to someone else. No, thank you. Listen, Jacob was good for her. She had a depression hole for three months and he brought her out of her room. He took her on bike rides, not necessarily to save yeah, this and guy. Yeah, she was still seeing Edward and near-death experiences. Doesn't matter. She could have moved on and lived with Jacob. But no, she's so hung up on this pale, sparkly guy that she's willing to like jump off a cliff. And because of that miscommunication, uh, Alice thinks she's killed herself because she can't see werewolves. And I'm basically recounting the entire plot of New Moon. I also want to know where Stephanie thought half of this was okay because you should have been giving girls the message of if your guy breaks up with you it's okay to actually she's Mormon she can't give any life lessons that are actually good doesn't mean you have to try to do near-death experiences or kill yourself if your man leaves you you still you had a life before him she's 17 she barely had a life yeah that's fair she is a child um but still don't even like count it as like you know like oh it's not a good example for role model for girls just that girls will enjoy what they have because i certainly enjoyed my time with twilight i mean you know you go through phases like like, oh i like it because the world hates it oh the world was kind of right it's not the best thing in the world and then i'm back and like you know what fuck the world i'm enjoyed i'm enjoying what i enjoyed back when i was a kid um but yeah i loved every single scene of twilight i mean even the slow parts of eclipse like i have issues with eclipse it's just but um we're talking about like the shows and the books because well the books eclipse as far as i remember i had a fine time but the show not show tv (laughs) why did i say show and tv the movie for eclipse i have a lot of issues with the so many uh victoria and what's his name Riley? God, no, but I remember there was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Riley yeah. because Riley had a side book um about 
There was no, a, that was like the no, I know the slide book that you're talking about, the short life of Brie something. Yes, Brie Tatter. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was part of Riley's army to kill the Cullens because the Cullens killed James, who Victoria was in love with. And it's a whole thing. It's a sub, it's a plot that you feel like, why is this here? Oh, the book needed a plot in order to like. <laughs> to like sustained love triangle like oh this love triangle exists but we also need conflict so let's just throw this in but um you know we're there for the love story like and you know how like the first twilight movie people say there's no plot until james turns up it's kind of the same thing that's a lot of them that's a lot of the movies well you know that's how movie magic happens we bring in plot to i don't know i don't know what my point is no that that you can, it's hard to make a point with twilight because that it's just poorly written <laughs> <laughs> but despite its flaws i have to commend it for like bringing us to where we are now yes so um the soundtrack is the love of my life <laughs> i still listen to it when I'm down, it's good. It's great. I feel like it's also iconic in some sense um, because I, I feel like there are some songs that you just hear and you're like, oh my God, vampires, which was what a lot of my life was after Twilight too. I wanted to absorb all these vampire stories. And I think that's part of why I didn't get into like Hungry Hunt or something, but I'm, I'm rambling on. Um, but in terms of the soundtrack, I have a funny point in that like my favorite is Twilight. But one time around the time where New Moon came out, I got, I was grounded and I wasn't allowed to have my iPod. And all I had was the New Moon soundtrack on cd that i would play as i would do my homework for like a good two weeks straight and it's like the most depressing soundtrack of your life but eventually you start to you know um join in on the depression you start to appreciate it (laughs) i mean sure but um i don't know like i'm i was more of a Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 soundtrack girl. I like the Bruno Wars one. I like the Christina Perry song. And like, it was poppy. It was fun. It was not depressing. But now I can grow to appreciate New Moon because life is sad now. But <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like Twilight and New Moon actually, like the soundtracks actually got the essence of the series. Oh yeah, 100%. So, yeah. This, this is what the naysayers will always tell you though. Like, it's like, oh, it's not a great series, but the soundtrack. That goes for a lot of movies. Like Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades are terrible. Oh yeah, fair. But the soundtrack is so fire. That's that's why I get nervous. Um, that's why I got nervous for Black Panther because the soundtrack was fire, but the movie hadn't come out yet. Do you have like a song, like go to song for Twilight? I mean, it's always gonna be super massive black hole. Um, there are other days where I want that Radiohead song at the end of the first movie. I just remember thinking it was like the most badass thing ever. Um, and of course, Decode. Decode is just gonna be the only thing that defines Twilight for me. And I'm going to be honest, I'm only really on the first soundtrack because I feel like it's the only one that I only really listen to. Yeah, the only one I know by heart. Um, And if we're going to talk like songs that we still remember but don't understand, Let Me Sign by Robert Pattinson, which I thought was like the most deeply emotional song ever. But I couldn't understand him. It's the emotion that like, you know, he's like so in angst and in love and in... So much emotion when he's singing that song that you don't even decipher it, but you feel it. 
Yeah, and and when you hear it, and you hear it amongst Bella's screams because she's getting the venom sucked out of her wrist. Oh, God, I was obsessed with Robert Pattinson and with Edward then, and I was like, this is the best song ever. But I don't know. Like, I don't understand it. I don't know what that means. And to, to think that people only know him as Batman. <laughs> No, 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 people don't know, only know him as Batman. This new generation does, probably. <sighs> These kids, they don't know their history. For those who don't know, 9-11 inspired Fifty Shades of Grey. And I bring this up in our Twilight episode because it's very much rooted in Twilight too. So basically, 9-11 happens, right? And Gerard Way witnesses 9-11 and like 9-11 inspired so many cultural things, um, just like the the, the coronavirus did. Um, and so Gerard Way creates My Chemical Romance. And Stephanie Meyer is like a big My Chemical Romance slash Muse fan, which is why Muse ended up in the soundtrack for Twilight. She write, like writes Twilight basically to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> so that's probably where all the angst and the teen drama came from. Um, and of course, she... He puts out Twilight and we're like, oh my God, I'm going to eat this up. I'm going to love this. And then E.L. James writes Twilight fan fiction, which inevitably turns into Fifty Shades of Grey. So when you say it in a roundabout way, 9-11 inspired Fifty Shades of Grey. But it's because of all the angst that came from it. Right. So my thing is, um, do you know of this Robert Pattinson movie called Remember Me? Oh my god, I've never seen that movie, but all I know is about the final scene. So, if you're not aware, there's this, like, rom-commy movie called Remember Be, starring Robert Pattinson. It's very stereotypical. Guy meets girl. They both have their own, like, troubles. Guy has, like, a strange relationship with his father. And, you know, things are going good as we're, like, getting to the end of the movie. As we get towards the end of the movie, um, the main character is, like, meeting his dad at his office and then the dad says hey i'm gonna be late for our meeting but i'll see you later and then uh robert pattinson's character is like cool and then he goes and stands outside the window just to like take in the view from the office and then the camera direction is that it like pans out from that office and then you notice oh it's a tall building what tall building is that it's the north tower and then cut to the next scene the teacher's writing the date of what day it is it's 9 11 2004 oh and that's how the movie ends listen i don't think people are gonna remember robert pattinson for that um no but they remembered this movie solely because of that though but it i think if we want to talk about things like timelessness in terms of twilight like i feel like rob and Kristen have definitely figured out how to formulate their careers um away from this yeah away from this yeah and I feel like Taylor Lautner hasn't really. What's he doing now? I know he married someone else named Taylor, which is like, you know, the I, meme yeah, of now like. he's married to Taylor Lautner. If I had a nickel for every time Taylor Lautner dated someone named Taylor, I would have two nickels, which isn't <laughs> a lot. But it's weird that it happened twice. I know like the side characters or like characters for, who play like people from the Cullen family, they still go to cons and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like it's kind of like how Tom Felton can't stop being Draco Malfoy because that's the only thing that's still earning him money <laughs> oh my god oh and um um and that Nikki Reed is married to Ian Somerhalder no but it's like it's like vampire uh 
crossover because yeah after i finished twilight i also went to vampire diaries oh jesus how far did you get into vampire diaries actually into this the the tv show not far and into the books i think not far either no the other vampire thing i got into was vampire academy which also got canceled recently but like that needed to come out in the vampire resurgence yeah it came out no that's the thing it tried to come out in the vampire resurgence we had a 2014 movie starring uh zoe deutsch but zoe deutsch has since like pivoted her career to like comedies and like satire which like good for her but it's also like oh kind of wish like that vampire kind of movie made money because it was directed by like uh the, the guys who did main girls but um they just weren't able to like do it well and it made no money so we didn't get a second movie um same with this new Vampire Academy thing. But, you know, hopefully we'll see how much money this new Twilight reboot makes. I mean, I I feel like we are in a vampire renaissance in some point, but it's not It's necessarily... not in the way that it used to be. You know, like, I know, I know what you're talking about. Renfield came out. What We Do in the Shadows is, like, one of the big, most talked about shows, like, ever, currently. Uh, uh, it's not in the same way. We're making fun of them. We don't. So vampires used to be scary. Vampires used used to be something we laugh at. Twilight, and now they're even more something that we laugh about. I thought you were gonna say that. Like, I mean, yes, we laugh at Twilight, but I think at some point we found vampires sexy, which is why there were so many vampire love stories. Because there was Twilight, there was Vampire Diaries, there was Vampire Academy, there was True Blood. Like it was all kind of around the same time. Um. So that was at the point that we found them sexy. And at some point we were like, yo, this is kind of dumb. This is gross. And then we got what we do in the shadows and Renfeld. And we probably got another gross vampire story coming by soon. Um, and now it's at the point where we can laugh at them for being quote unquote terrifying. Granted, we are getting um, Nosferatu. And I don't think that that comedy is that. I feel like you're a lot more optimistic about the Twilight reboot than I am. But um we're both sad either way. Okay, I was excited that it was coming. <laughs> I just felt the nostalgia, but now I'm a little worried. No, I, I, I do that. I'm just bringing you all the worry, things that you should be concerned. About, no, all the stakes that come with a Twilight reboot. We're gonna be made fun of. I don't care at this point, but like, we're gonna be made fun of again for loving Twilight. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you know what at this point we're at the point in our careers that we could try to make money off of it so i don't care you know what like <laughs> if i get made fun of but i still make money that would be great so listen to more remote watch where we talk about more dumbassery you know share about this podcast uh we're not at that part of the podcast yet though we need to talk about what you're watching now oh okay so we're jumping into that now yeah okay yeah what are you watching julia um i literally just finished queen charlotte yesterday um twice twice by accident because my mom wasn't convinced in watching it it's it's because she's here for bridgerton for the sex scenes and i'm like no i'm here for the drama um i love period dramas i don't care um i'm a big pbs fan too so i finished that i'm still in the midst of harley quinn um i've got maybe a few episodes left and then i am watching i think it's an anime romance anime called my love story with yamada at level 999 it's a long ass title, but it's basically about this girl who gets dumped by her boyfriend because he found a new girlfriend through this video game that he plays. And so she goes to an event to go win him back and ends up coming across this pro gamer and like pretends that he's her boyfriend. 
And the, of course, her ex-boyfriend is like, oh, my God, how did you end up dating him? Um, and then things progress from there. So it's really sweet. What are you watching? Uh, like you, I w- well, I haven't finished it, but I'm watching Queen Charlotte. I'm 2.4 episodes in. So like I haven't finished episode three, so 2.4. Um, I watched Beef with Steven Yun and Ali Wong. Please go watch it. It's so good. Um, it's about road rage, Asian rage, rage against the system, rage against life. It's great. Um, I'm currently on Succession High, but not the most caught up. I'm also watching Bungo Stray Dogs with some of my mates, and I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Bungo Stray Dogs? Yeah, are you watching the new season? Not the latest. I'm we're we're watching from the beginning. Okay, good because I haven't watched the new season, but I remember being so excited because it's like the, it's like an Easter egg. The fact that like they're all authors in real life. Um, I remember trying to teach my cousin about it because he just knew about Bungo Stray Dogs, and I was like, "Let my English literature literature degree teach you. They are all." real i think at some point he was trying to show me a copy of no longer human but it was like redone in this horror sense and i'm like do you see the author's name do you know who that is no 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 <laughs> literally when like anyone appears and then we're just like wait is that oh my god it's hp lovecraft and i'm like is that is that yeah so um i'm having a lot of fun with them watching with my friends so yeah uh Thank you so, so much for listening. We're coming to the part where I do plug all the things that we're doing. So Julia, uh, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us at remotewatchpod.com, at, at remotewatch on Instagram. At remotewatch on Twitter, remote underscore watch on Instagram. We have personal websites. Well, Julia has a personal website. I'm building mine. But you can find us everywhere on the internet. Just type at remotewatch or our names if you're interested um so yeah we'll be here season four is kicking off we're hopefully having a consistent upload this time around and um next week you'll hear us talk about either something historical or something very teen vibes but either way it'll be fun yeah it'll be fun 100 of the time because that's what we want to bring you well stick around you guys are all also remotely watching things so don't be afraid to hit us up tell us what you're remotely watching and it may become an episode on the show yeah and we'll see you next time goodbye bye remote watch out